0: This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Ellen Manning, president of the McCownville Improvement Association. The association, which is almost a century old, is on the brink of achieving a new form of protection having part of McCownville listed on the state and national registers of historic places. Manning herself moved to McCownville in 1998, She had lived in Albany all of her life and was always aware of the neighborhood having gone to McCown's Grove as a child to swim. She describes her arts and crafts style home built in 1914 as having a lot of charm inside and out. She also appreciates the intimacy of the neighborhood with the houses close together and enjoys walking the tree-lined streets. Here, you've kept this going for a century and it must be you know not the certainly the original homeowners um, that are involved so that leads directly to the exciting news this sense of history what what is it that's in the offing that you are currently working on
1: well since 2017, the, some volunteers with our organization have been working with the New York State Historic Preservation Office to get the part of this neighborhood listed on the state and national registers of historic places. Um, we've had a number of volunteers who have done a great deal of research regarding the history and the building the individual buildings themselves, the structures. Um, the SHPO, the State Historic Preservation Office is also just short, briefly known as SHPO, S-H-P-O, their acronym, and they, some staff from that office came to our neighborhood in 2017 and we walked around with some of the other volunteers from the Improvement Association And the staff from SHPO did at that time conclude that a portion of our neighborhood should be eligible for listing on the registers. And it's taken quite a lot of work since then to get to the point where we are now. Um, The state historic preservation office staff determined that at least for now, the area that's shown on the subdivision map that was drawn up in 1912 and called Country Club Highlands should be the area for listing at this time. We're hoping that in the future we may get other parts of the neighborhood also listed on the registers.
0: So for the listeners we have that may not be familiar with McCownville, just if you could describe for us what, um, I find the house is just charming there, and I wasn't aware that it was known as the Country Club Highlands in 1912. So maybe if you could kind of take us on a a tour is if we're seeing what these houses are like and maybe a bit of the history. Is that the Albany country club that used to be where the state university campus is now that, that the name came from?
1: Yes, that is correct. The country club was there. I can't tell you offhand exactly when that was established, but, uh, again, I will say that it's only a portion of McCownville that we're looking to get listed at this time. And, um, There are about 106 properties, a portion of Western Avenue, and also Waverly Place, a portion, almost all of Waverly Place, 1 through 13 Waverly Place, uh, the southern portions of Norwood Street, Glenwood, Parkwood, and Elmwood Streets. So it's Western Avenue from 1421 Western Avenue west through, I believe it's fourteen sixty one Western Avenue, which is the and the north side only. Um, these properties were mostly built post the. To, excuse me. The nineteen twelve subdivision map. There were a few of them that were there before that. Maybe around nineteen ten. They were built through then up into the 1930s. So, there're varying styles. Some are colonial revival, a lot of them are Arts and Crafts style and bungalows. So, there's a variety of styles that represent popular architecture of the time.
0: Yeah, what's, well, you can tell from the names, Norwood, Glenwood, Parkwood, Elmwood. One of the things that I find so charming about the whole McCownville area is there are trees. <laughs> you know, a lot of these new developments are just, you know, these huge houses in the middle of Kind of maybe what was a farm field. They just kind of spring up without a relationship to each other and without um, any sense of landscaping. And one of the things that strikes me about McCownville, if you walk those streets, you have a real sense of a neighborhood. You have a sense of um, people that interact with each other possibly? Maybe you could comment on why. I don't know. Why is that? Is it because the houses are closer together? Is it because you have this association? What like what makes it a neighborhood?
1: Well, I think those things definitely help. And I will just want to back up just for a couple of uh, sentences and say, um, as I said before, it's just a portion from McCownville but McCownville itself is what... What we consider to be McCownville is the area that's shown within the McCownville Fire District, Mm -hmm. and it goes from the city line up to about the north way on the north side of Western Avenue, and then across the street to include streets across from Stuyvesant Plaza over to Schoolhouse Road, and then down... Western Avenue on the south side, McCown Road back to Woodscape, and um, down east towards, again, the city line streets that go off of Western Avenue. So I know that's a little bit of a digression, but I just thought a little explanation of what comprises the whole of McCownville might be of interest to some of the listeners.
0: Yeah, you no, noticed. that's important.
1: As far as what makes us, I think, also backing up a little bit, what makes us remain as an active organization, I think, is partly the fact that we are kind of sandwiched between a lot of commercial and institutional development. So we have, you know, we have our issues that we need, you know, that we try to protect our, our little neighborhood and keep it residential. So I think because of different pressures externally, I think that helps us stay active and aware. Um, as far as the tree line streets go, I totally agree. I think it makes it very pleasant to walk and bicycle in the neighborhood. The trees are really important to us, and we have lost a lot of trees because, partly because they are a century old and some of them are aging out, so it is on very much on our minds as an association that we want to make sure that we get some trees replaced in the neighborhood. We're kind of waiting for... We've had an ongoing um, stormwater drainage improvement project going on, and... We're hoping that will be completed next year and when that is completed then we plan to get busy on doing what we can to encourage new trees to be planted so that we keep the the lovely uh, tree lined streets for a lot longer
0: yeah that would that that certainly helps define the character of, of the entire area. And um, if you could now just kind of, you mentioned that this process started with a shipo visit in 2017, so this is quite an involved process, and I know you can't get into all the minutiae, but if you could just kind of walk us through what the process has been, where you are now, and what is left to be done in order to, to finalize these designations.
1: Okay. I will try my best to get this encapsulated. Um, when the employees from SHPO came, as I said, they determined quite quickly that this area would be eligible for the national registers. And as you said earlier in the interview, kind of is characteristic of early 20th century suburbanization you know people coming up from the city because transportation became available and utilities became available over time the automobiles so um, for various those reasons primarily um, you know it shows like a typical sort of early 20th century type of development and this area that is being considered for listening is basically stayed intact. It shows sort of a cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, So people are very busy and the employees at the State Historic Preservation, of course, have many, many projects. So it did take some time to get the process going. And we had some wonderful volunteers, not myself, who did the bulk of the necessary documentation regarding the development of the area and the individual dates, the dates for the individual house constructions, I guess you'd say. And um, in some cases, there were architects who could be documented as having built some of the houses. And well, anyway, these volunteers put together a great deal of information that saved the state from having to either do that part themselves or help us find grant money to hire somebody to do the documentation for us. Mm-hmm. So that did take time to get all together but it also saved us time that it might have taken to to secure those funds and get the work done. Also, the State Historic Preservation Office worked very helpful by writing the individual building descriptions, and it's not uncommon for a consultant to be doing that work. So the research that was done by the volunteers here in McConville really facilitated the SHPO's work in that in that regard. So, yeah. It did take it did take some years, but I think that it's kind of remarkable that now it's it's getting close to the nomination. The actual nomination for the historic district will be presented to a board in this at a December meeting. I'm not sure right offhand of the date, but after the public meeting on September fourteenth. At which the attendees can ask any questions they might. Uh, The state will send out individual letters to all the property owners, and there will be a period in which any property owner who objects to these possible listing can record an objection if there are no more than 50% of homeowners who object to this, then the state will go on and present the nomination to the Board, the Historic Preservation Board, at a December meeting. Now we have brought this up for a number of years at our association meetings, Mm -hmm. so this is not a new idea at all to the residents. There may be a very few residents who haven't lived here very long who may be hearing about this for the first time, but most of the neighborhood is aware that this process has been ongoing and also that listing on the Historic on the Registers of Historic Places. Does not affect an individual property's owners from doing whatever they want with their with their properties. There's no restrictions on what color they can paint their house or what their windows have to look like. So, really, the only restrictions are with yeah, possible restrictions would be if a, pro- a proposed project was going to be funded with state or federal funds. So basically, there's really no downside for the property owners here.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, because I know that's a common misconception with um, historic districts that people think they'll somehow be limited and have to like, approve the front door color or <laughs> things like that.
1: Local districts might... Make those sorts of restrictions but the state the state and the federal government do not
0: and what is it that you hope this designation will do for McCownville? what was the impetus for pursuing this
1: well partly it is that measure of protection from state or federal funds being used maybe to Demolish the buildings, or do something that would alter the neighborhood in a way that we would think would be you know, very uh, negative. And the other, the other part of it is, you know, it gives us some some civic pride. Um, so sort of shows our our uh, neighborhood is being special so it's not, in my opinion, like, there really are no downsides and you might say there's not that much chance of um, federal estate funds being used here in the neighborhood but we are kind of surrounded by, by Route 20 and
0: the various institutions so
1: you know, we would enjoy a little
0: protection. <laughs> Yes, I think it, it, this sense of civic pride that you mentioned, I would think would people would have their buttons bursting, <laughs> just feeling like um, to be recognized and um, have the community at large know about it. I'm wondering a little about your own house. I think you said you moved to McCanville in 1998. Is that, is that right? That's right. So you've been there, what is that, 23 years? 23 Uh, years in December, yes. Just tell us a little about what brought you there and what your own house is like, what your feelings are about your house. Mm -hmm. Well, I was an Albany
1: resident for all my life, and I really love Albany, but I decided that I would sell my house where I was and I was interested in certain neighborhoods, both in Albany. And I mentioned to a friend, McCownville also interested me and she happened to have friends who were thinking about selling their house and the timing was right. And I ended up buying it. Um, I was always aware of McCownville. I went to McCown's Grove as a child to swim. Um, this, this area was quite familiar to me, and I liked the, uh, as you mentioned, the tree-lined streets. I've always preferred older homes to newer ones. My house was built around 1914, I was told. Um, the assessment shows it in 1925, but the researchers think it was more like 1914. And it's an arts and crafts style house got a lot of charm, both inside and out. And oh, it's very suitable to me. I've I've never wanted a long commute to work. I worked in Albany. I'm retired now, but I always wanted a convenient way to get to work without having to get on I-90 or 787. So this was perfect for that. Sometimes I took a bus and sometimes I did drive, but I never had to have a, a really difficult commute, which was, as I said, important to me.
0: Yeah, well, when you live in an older house, I do too. Do you sometimes feel almost the spirit of the people that were there before you? Um, Did the research uncover any of that? You know, who some of the earlier occupants were or um, anything about the earlier lives of the people who lived there?
1: I didn't find out an awful lot of... Know extensive details about them, but I did know that it was owned by one by one family. I know the the gentleman was a dentist, and it appears that he rented it for several years before buying it. But I believe he was here into the nineteen sixties. I may be. I'm talking a little bit off the top of my head about that right now, but yeah, I really do appreciate knowing that people were here before me and um, that people have appreciated living here. The people that I bought it from had the woman who I bought it from grew up in the neighborhood. And a lot of people in this who live here either grew up here and moved back or moved in the neighborhood, moved, excuse me, lived lived in one house or another for most of their lives, so it kind of shows that people just really do like this area.
0: Yeah, that's remarkable these days in such a mobile society. And also, just the date of it, built in 1914. That's before World War I. So, just thinking of people living there as the war was going on and then as the Second World War was going on, just having people lived through history in that house. Also, if you could just explain to our listeners a little, because people might not be familiar with the arts and crafts style, which was you know, such a, a switch from the 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 Victorian kind of over <laughs> overly decorative back to the the kind of simple and right it's definitely kind of a more natural you know, trend towards
1: more natural type of style, I think, with uh, more s- simpler and Simpler lines, sort of charming, more rustic feel to a lot of the features. Um, some of the chimneys are, yeah, they're all either brick or you know, a stone, uh, kind of natural colors were popular then. Greens and browns uh, that would sort of blend in with the With the trees, I think it was very popular, that kind of look.
0: Yeah. And also, too, if you could just talk about, I don't mean in any personal way, like naming names, but just your relationship with your neighbors, because it just seems to me when a community is... Built like McCownville's built, you tend to intersect more. I've been, you know, to do stories interviewing people in suburban neighborhoods, large houses, (laughs) like where they don't know who lives across the street because they have this, you know, say two acre plot of land and then the next house is, uh, you know, kind of in the distance. But I have the sense that in McCownville, um, you probably run into each other more or know each other just because of proximity? Um. I feel like I do. Um,
1: I know many of my neighbors. I don't know all of them. I don't have any dogs right now, but when I moved here, I had two dogs and then I had another dog. And that also, I think, I know helps getting to know the neighbors because I walking, walking around the neighborhood, and i still I still do walk the neighborhood not not as much as I did when I was walking dogs a couple of times a day, but it definitely helps, but I think the, the kind of more intimacy of the houses being closer together, the trees, the streets are narrower, I think that definitely does make it a more desirable place to walk around. So, and I've noticed since the pandemic that and even in the just the last couple of months, I I live on a quiet street, Norwood Street, but I just seem to see even more people walking up and down than I did a couple of years ago even. So, it's like that's probably bringing people out more to their home more and they can take the time to walk around the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, isn't that strange? We've all been so isolated, but yet I think you're right. I notice more people walking too. Just looking out the newsroom window in Altamont, <laughs> the sidewalks are often busy. Um, just uh, it seems I uh, maybe people aren't going to gyms as much, and they're they're doing more in their own neighborhoods. But um, Our time has gone so fast. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with, something perhaps we didn't get to or just something that's important to you.
1: I do. I want to say this is a... uh detail, informational detail. But if people want to see the announcement that was delivered to all the houses that are going to be included in the district, they can go to our website, which is dot org, And rather than then there is an icon where they can f- click that says meetings, and they can click on that, and from there they can find the announcement flyer and um, get the full details about the meeting.
0: And is this meeting just for people that are in that designated area? Um, No, it is a public meeting. Other people that are interested can attend. And the details
1: of how to attend, we were going to hold it at the Hampton Inn on Western Avenue, which is where until the pandemic, the pandemic, it's where we held our meetings. Mm -hmm. But we had to cancel that because of the surge and the state employees were uncomfortable about scheduling the meeting as a public meeting, and I was too because I thought, well, if we announce it as a public meeting, and then things get bad enough that it had to be, the in-person meeting had to be canceled, that would make it more confusing than
0: if we just planned it as an online meeting all along. Well, that makes sense. So it's still a public meeting; it's just virtual,
1: right? And you know, I guess in in some ways that can increase the attendance but the flyer also includes a couple of sentences to the effect that if somebody can't get online then they can get in touch with me and I'll, I'll do my best to hook them up with a place where they can they can attend the meeting at somebody else's house oh, I but see. Um, so I want to say I'm not sure if I made it clear I know we're running out of time that this is this public meeting is yeah, you know, one of the last steps, but the listing, the, nom- the listing will not be in effect until the state goes through the rest of its process. And people, anybody who objects, can record their objections, and then it has to be presented to the board. And so, New York State. Board for historic preservation. And then there'll be a process by which that decision is made. And um, then I guess maybe the National Register people have to do their formalization also. But I think it's a, it's just a matter of months now rather than years.
0: Well, congratulations on the progress you've made. And thank you so much for sharing this with us. I'm I'm really excited and happy for you.
1: Well, thank you, Melissa. It was so nice to talk to you.